0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, November 30th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. An explosion of crippling depression in America may be greatly exaggerated, according to Cato policy analyst Will Wilkinson. He says the claims that Americans are more depressed than ever amid ever-expanding material wealth has significant implications for public policy. He explores much of this in a book review in the December issue of Reason Magazine the way we measure things like health or like happiness or depression or even something seemingly technical as uh, measuring real wages is in fact incredibly important. Um, First of all, we need to know the facts about how well we're really doing, how well our economic, social, and political institutions contribute to aspects of our well-being that we all care about. Um, Now, this shouldn't be a political question. It's just an empirical question about how we're doing. Um, But unfortunately, it is a political question. Most political action is motivated by fear. Um, We're a lot more motivated to avoid losses than we are to seek gains. So if you can convince voters that there is a crisis of obesity or an epidemic of depression, it becomes a lot easier to push through some piece of paternalistic legislation or some kind of new entitlement. Um, now the opposite error, to which libertarians are sometimes prone, is simply de- to deny that there's any problem at all in advance of the evidence. But again, uh, though the facts about how we're doing tend to have a political upshot, uh, it, isn't a political, uh, it isn't a political question and we have to be intellectually honest and aware of our own biases as well. Uh, now in the case of depression in particular, Uh, The reason why this uh, question is so interesting is that the increase of diagnosed depression over the last 40, 50 years, uh, even the last 20, 10 years, is astonishing. Uh, It's a a huge upsurge. Um, So the question really is, uh, why the huge increase in diagnosed depression? Is it really because so many more people are depressed than they were in the past, uh, which would say something uh, really serious about... uh, the way our society uh, provides for well-being, or is it because something has changed in the way clinicians diagnose depression? In uh, my review and reason, uh, I discuss uh, this book by uh, Horwitz and Wakefield called The Loss of Sadness, and the thesis of their book is that uh, the uh, clinical practice of psychiatrists and psychologists has uh, changed significantly over time. Uh, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, which is uh, sometimes known as the sort of Bible of psychiatry, it contains all of the various categories of mental ailments, uh, changed the diagnosis, uh, changed the criteria for a diagnosis for major depressive disorder um, sometime in the early 80s. Uh, and the way they changed it uh, made the category uh, extremely lax and extremely permissive, uh, and uh, one, of the important, uh, one of the important consequences of that that they uh, lay out in detail is that the diagnostic category has become unable to distinguish between a real mental disorder, which on their account requires a harmful dysfunction of our mental capacities. Uh, there's something that uh, we're supposed to work in a particular way, we're adapted by Uh, natural selection to work in a particular way and we have a natural loss response system so your dog dies or you lose a job or you lose a girlfriend Uh, it's uh, it's functional, it's healthy for you to feel sometimes even very intense or very prolonged sadness. Um, A good diagnostic category should be able to distinguish between that kind of sadness and a real disorder um, and the current definition of depression is unable to do that. And that's largely the reason why we see such a huge upsurge in, uh, in diagnosed depression. It's just because of the inability of the clinical category to distinguish between perfectly functional healthy sadness and uh, real dysfunction. Based on the distinction between being depressed and being merely sad, That would have an impact on your access to uh, medications that you might want to make you feel better right yeah that's an important part of the story uh so it's not just that there's this very permissive diagnostic category Uh, it's also that there are a lot of incentives that get built around that diagnostic category um so uh there are, you know, almost all the mental health studies in the past uh, several decades are based on that diagnostic category. Uh, all the research funding is based in the diagnostic category, um, and uh, but also uh, doctors who are paid by insurance companies have a, an incentive to maintain a diagnostic category that uh, that allows them to easily diagnose people uh, uh, with a mental disorder. Um, in a way that makes it so that they can get reimbursed by insurance companies. Uh, and people who feel bad, like whether or not you just lost your dog or you're suffering a completely um, out-of-the-blue malaise that's just, that just laying you low, uh, whether or not you're just um, a little bit sad or truly sick, uh, antidepressants can make you feel better. Uh, And people like to feel better, and people ought to be able to have access to drugs that make them feel better. Uh, In some sense, the permissive diagnostic category is uh, a workaround. It's a way that people can get access to mood-enhancing drugs, uh, whether or not they're truly ill. Um, One of the difficulties in reforming a diagnostic category like depression uh, is that we would have have a better idea of how well we're really doing if... The uh, diagnostic category is more context-sensitive in the way that Horwitz and Wakefield say it should be. Uh, you know, context-sensitive meaning that it can tell the, tell whether the symptoms are produced by a real malfunction of your psychological system or just a normal uh, response of the lost system. So whether or not you're uh, truly sick or just sad, Prozac, Wellbutrin, Effexor, uh, whatever, uh, can make you feel better. Um, So it's a problem if we make the diagnostic category more accurate, um, in part because it'll make it harder for some people who are really helped by drugs to get drugs. On the other hand, if we made the diagnostic category more accurate, we'd have a better assessment of how well we're really doing. So there's a little bit of a bind there. Will Wilkinson is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Cato Audio is a 60-minute dynamic monthly CD that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from lectures hosted by Cato each month. You may subscribe at Cato.org.